Welcome to East Coast City Podcast. I'm Abby, and in studio today I have Ryan Rideout. I definitely have a problem with ours, but we're just going to go through it. We're just going to flow with it. And it's cool because you're live. You're in the studio today, which is super fun. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, as you said, my name is Ryan Rideout. Yeah, did I say properly? I, th- I, th- I think you did pretty good. Um, some people say Rideau. I'm, I'm not French. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, uh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. There's no accent, but yeah, yeah, my name is Ryan Rideout. Is that your real name? <laughs> yes. That's such a cool name to have. That's people, a good band name. People always say that, especially I, I, I skateboarded long before I played music and like, just like, oh, Ryan Rideout, like, it just sounds like this cliche skateboarder name. So I do want to talk a bit about your background, how you feel like you, you probably have some ADD and you're, you can feel like you're all over the place, so... How do you feel, how do you structure your music? How do you create a song without feeling completely overwhelmed and forgetting where you were in the first place? Well, I feel like it's kind of like a blessing and a curse because ADHD, um, it doesn't make you like uh, unintelligent. It makes just makes you hard to focus on something. So if I can get into something enough that it has my full attention, then like, you know, it probably will turn out pretty good. Like, it's like, you know, if, if you got my full attention, like, look the... Look out! You, you can swear. Here. Oh, if you got if you got my if you got my full attention, then look the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know it's it's that's very true too because it's it's really about focus, right? And if you're enjoying what you're doing and you're feeling the music and you're you're you feel like this is energizing you, you could do it probably for hours. You probably zone out sometimes. You don't know how much time you've even spent. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, when I first started trying to write music, um. I was on unemployment, so I had all the time in the world. Um, so now, now that I got to do like time management, it's definitely a lot harder, especially because there's so many distractions that you, I'm sure you know all about. <laughs> oh yeah, there's always there's always little things coming and going, so it's really hard to kind of put up. I guess, put things into practice with a routine and especially coming out of the pandemic where routines were kind of completely erased from everyone's life. Exactly. Like just there's so much more trial and error. And now it's just like, yeah, you can have error, but, you know, it's going to take a lot more time. (laughs) So when did you know you like music was your thing? When did you realize, hey, this is something I'm really, really good at? I've always wanted to do music um, ever since I was, you know, a kid. But uh, I actually never picked up a guitar until I was in my mid 20s. No way. Yeah, I don't. What's why? Why did you wait so long? Because I just I uh, I moved in with someone, um, and they had a guitar, and you know I'd always get I'd always get drunk and be like, "Dude, show me how to play guitar!" And like somebody was finally like, "Yeah, okay, I'll show you how to play guitar." And uh, I learned a G chord, and he kept saying like, "Wow, like you're you're learning like way faster than most people," and like I kind of rode the high on that i was like oh so i'll be that guy i'll be the guy that like it's like wow like uh you're the guy that just learned how to play guitar in like a month you're a savant what's a savant <laughs> i told you i'm not french oh uh <laughs> it's uh <laughs> it's like you're not great at other things but you're really good at something <laughs> <laughs> i'm good <laughs> it sounds I'm like good. such a passive aggressive insult but it's not it's a compliment i swear it's like a it's a really cool way to put it though like like i could do it in like a it's like when you're good at something, you're just so good, and you pick up on it really quickly. And it things that are you're good at just come naturally. You don't have to work really hard at it. That's true, but uh, 
I guess, well, it, it seemed that way because, again, I was I was on unemployment when I started doing it. So I would sit there and just, like, drink, like, uh, instant instant uh, coffee, the worst coffee ever. I, I forget. I think it was Maxwell House. Ooh. Yeah, Maxwell House instant coffee. And I would just sit there and uh, and I would literally just sit there with a guitar for, like, a, 10 hours. <laughs> like, And uh, my roommates would just be like, Get a fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an artist. I'm going to do what I got to do. So you had never played an instrument before then. Before your mid-20s, you never played an instrument. Never touched it. You're just so immersed within the music scene. I, It's shocking to me. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to know a bit more about um, this solo pursuit of yours because it's especially when you pick it up a bit later in life and you get into music, it can be a scary thing going on your own. It's terrifying. Um, no, being in the studio with my bandmates was so much more fun because, like, it didn't all rest on one single person. Like, uh, it was definitely less nerve-wracking. nerve, nerve racking. Yeah. Um, well, it was probably less pressure, too, because you're you're kind of collaborating with each other. You're playing off of each other. Exactly, and none of us really knew what the fuck we were doing like yeah. none of us ever played in a band well except for for dylan but uh it was a very brief time that dylan lived up here so he was kind of doing it from like home but uh yeah like he's definitely a huge help because none of us have ever been in the studio before and uh we didn't have very high standards so uh we we would hear something like rough and we'd be like that's fucking awesome <laughs> and and then or uh, the guy that we were doing it with at the time, Alex. Uh, shout out Alex Arnold, Compact Studios, great guy. Um, he uh, was like, "Guys, I didn't even fucking mix it. Like, it just." And then, yeah, we we didn't we didn't know what we were doing. But I, but we were just I don't know. I it was better then because we were just happy to be making music. There was no like pressure or like yeah. uh, anything that like we we didn't overthink stuff like I do now and drive myself crazy. <laughs> well, like. So you go from from that. Now, what inspired you to kind of transition into this kind of solo path? Well, most of them moved away. Um, oh, did they? Well, Dylan moved back to Cape Breton, and then uh, Dylan started doing a solo thing, which uh, which is awesome. Like uh, I don't know if you've heard his album, but uh, it's called Words and Sounds. It's really good. But uh, and then one of my my bass player had a baby. Basically, you you all just end up going your separate ways, and you wanted to continue with music, and so now can you m- maybe tell me a bit more about like this this whole solo album? Like you're performing by yourself, and you're not just performing covers, which is something really common in Halifax. I've noticed is that most artists tend to perform covers more than originals, and you create your own music. I find um, cover cover bands. Uh they get a, uh, they get shit on a lot by like original artists and like, I mean, some people just like playing music and it, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if you're playing your own or you're playing somebody else's. Um, and the fans love it. Like people like it when they can sing along to the music in a bar. It makes the night so much fun. It's definitely a comfort thing too. Like um, if I'm at like an open mic or like I'm at a, a place where I feel like I'm I'm not. Uh, coming off yeah uh i'll I'll start off with a cover i'll play a song that i know everybody knows just to kind of like draw it up draw their attention and it's like okay like you know sometimes you gotta get their attention with uh, a cover or 
something before uh, they'll give you the time of day and so you can play your own. But playing your own stuff is scary, too. Like It's, that's, it's terrifying. <laughs> you're, like These are your words that you're writing that you've added to this music that you've created, and now you have to go and perform it in front of strangers. Why not just stick to the covers? <laughs> well, I... Um, it wasn't until people kind of started saying, like, you know, why don't you write your own stuff? And I didn't, I didn't realize like how, how it was like two two separate sides of a coin. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh wow, man, like you can sing, like you can strum the guitar, but it's like, I f- it's like songwriting has like this whole new like respect from people. I find like especially well, mostly musicians. Like I, you know, pe- non-musical people, I don't think care as much, but like uh, I find to get to get in with like you know the Halifax music scene I find like you know writing your own original music definitely helps your cause a yeah. lot more <laughs> and then basically you started doing this open mic night at the foggy goggle and that you're kind of supporting singer songwriters well you really are supporting singer songwriters by doing that definitely um it's uh, every Thursday from seven to ten. I'm actually gonna go to it after this um, Who are you? um I have somebody covering for me but uh no um Open mics are where I started playing music, and uh, there's definitely more comfortable open mics than others. Like, sometimes I'd go to an open mic, and they'd be like, hey, man, like, you know, really, really warm welcome, like, really supportive, like, and then other guys are just dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I was like, I'm going to start an open mic, and I'm not going to be a dick. I'm going to be the guy that makes people want to come back and yeah. play music. People, like, it's a confidence thing. Like, it doesn't matter if you're good at something or you're bad at something. If you do it without confidence, it's not going to come off the way that uh, you want it to. And yeah, it's a really supportive environment, too. And the food is delicious, and it's cool because it's upstairs, so you're kind of, like, uh, separated a bit from the rest of the place, so it's not super crazy for anyone gotta, who's new. You don't got to watch somebody walk in the door and then turn around and walk out again. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, too. Yeah, and so what was uh, feedback been like with that? Because you're getting in a lot of local artists and um, they're able to kind of sing their own stuff without it having to be a cover, right? They don't have to feel insecure about playing Absol- their music. Absolutely, and uh, obviously, you know, uh, I encourage original music there. I love hearing I've got the privilege of hearing some people's song, original songs for the first time there. Like yeah. They had never played it in front of anybody else. And uh, we actually do this thing now where every second week uh, I get someone to perform a full set, like a 40-minute set, and uh, we throw them a few bucks for their troubles. And, uh, you know, we get to hear some, some awesome local talent. They get to get some drinking money and... Uh, I don't know. Oh, that's so awesome! So, how if if a singer songwriter is listening right now, like how can they how can they book a gig with you? Uh, you can. Well, I'm not. I don't uh, get people to do a full set unless they've at least been to the open mic at least once. So, mm-hmm. your first step is to come play me a tune at the open mic, um, and then obviously, if it's something that you want want to be, in, if either you're interested in. Just uh, bring it up to me. You know, you can message me on. They have like I have an Instagram page, Facebook page for it. Uh, yeah, just just ask. Do you have any deal breakers? Like, has anyone performed and you're like, no, get out? <laughs> <laughs> I will never tell anybody to give out to to get out. But I mean, obviously, like you know, everybody has their preference. Um, I don't just go by my own like personal preference. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if. Somebody could be playing a song that I fucking hate, but if everybody's getting into it, I'm like, yeah. all right, well, you know, it's a democracy. It's not all about me. Um, I, I do want to bring up something a little bit more serious. Um, and basically, 
I was at uh, one of the the open mics for the very first time the other week, and you were you got like very personal with the audience, and you opened up about a story where you thought you kind of had like you were you were dealing with this minor health issue setback, mm. and you're like, oh, it's probably nothing, but your wife had told you go get this checked out. Yeah. So would you mind maybe sharing that with us? Not not at all. So um, I uh, had a bump on my neck, and I thought it was just. Uh, a Sith, or, or I think I'm saying that right. <laughs> like a cyst? A cyst, yeah. <laughs> a Sith would be way scarier than a cyst, though, I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I'm not a, I don't think I'm a Sith anyway, I feel like. Not yet. I don't come from a Sith family. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, and, and I, sh- my wife kept uh, telling me to get it checked, and I was like, no, I'm not going to get it checked. And then finally she was like, you're going to get it checked, or I'm going to leave you. <laughs> She's a smart lady. Um. She's a nurse, so I should have listened to her. She's a nurse. <laughs> She's a nurse, yeah. But I mean, but uh, I, I'm a, I'm a sheet metal worker slash musician, so I obviously know a lot more about this stuff than she does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I finally got it checked out, and it turned out to be uh, thyroid cancer. And um, I know when you when you hear that word, it like rips through you. Like no matter, I mean, there's no such thing as a good cancer, but like it, there's definitely a more severe cancer you can get than thyroid cancer, but it can spread. And uh, but if I didn't get it removed before I was 40 years old, the uh, like the survival rate goes down like, I think, 80 percent. Oh, my God. So if I didn't get it checked out before I was 40 years old, there was probably like an 80 percent chance I would have died from it. But because uh, because I got it checked out earlier, there's a a much better chance that it's not that it's not going to spread and it's going to like, you know, we're going to kick its ass. Um and uh, I got treatment done. I got a surgery. It was a thyroidectomy slash neck dissection. And uh, so they removed my thyroid. Um, and then I got uh, some radiation. And uh, that uh, got rid of it for the most part. But uh, when I got scanned again, they said there was still some traces. Um, so I did another one. And uh, after a scan a few weeks ago... Uh, they're going to uh I'm actually next Saturday actually I'm going to get a phone call and find out for sure. Oh man. And I I didn't have a voice because of the the surgery and they said like, you know, there's a there is a chance that you might not get your voice back and I was like, "Ah, oh, whatever." Like I I actually booked a gig like later that year because I was that confident that I was going to get my voice back. And then it never came back and um and they pretty much told me at that point they're like, you know, like not to be a dick, but like if you didn't get your voice back now, you're probably not going to get it back. It was a year. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it. It was over over a year, and oh, uh, and uh, and I uh, and I was like, I kept calling them, and I was like, it's like you know, like what the fuck? Like I do more tests, find out if I can get my voice back, and then at the same time, I felt like an idiot because I was like, you know, like these guys are getting rid of my cancer, and I'm here like I want my voice. Like you know, I should be gr- more grateful over the fact that like you know, like they're fighting the cancer <laughs> yeah but th- that's insane but uh yeah anyways but and then my my wife and i were on our way to uh an airbnb that we were staying at in tatamagush and uh when a neil young song came on the radio and i started singing along to it like i i'd always sing along to it like monotone or under my breath but like and then i was like wait a minute i was like that actually kind of sounded like real and then like i was just like fucking turn the radio down like stop the car she didn't stop the car because there was no reason to stop the car but i'm pretty sure i told her to stop the car 
and uh and yeah it's just out of fucking nowhere like my my voice just started coming back and uh i still don't have it completely back but enough that uh you know i can still keep making music um i can't like sing sing half of my pirate jenny songs but uh i can sing like i can still make music which is you know the main main part that's that's so insane, and and thank you for sharing that too, because I I know it goes pretty pretty personal, and um, get checked out. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask, like, you know, were there was there anything like that you were experiencing health wise before that that you're like, I probably should have got this checked out sooner. There was absolutely no symptoms Nothing. at all, other than the lump on my neck, and and my my wife actually uh, like thought was uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, when she thinks suspected, she suspected yeah. that uh, it might have been that. There's actually, when your lymph nodes stick out like that, there's actually two different kinds of cancer it could have been. It could have been thyroid cancer or it could have been lymphoma. Mm-hmm. And uh, lymphoma is definitely a way more severe cancer than thyroid cancer. Yeah. So so she was actually like relieved in a way to find out that I had that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, is there something you, you, I guess, learned about yourself in that time that you maybe would have never discovered about yourself after going um, through that? It's it's going to sound like a total fucking cliche, but, like, it just just makes you feel, like, grateful. Like, it just makes you think, like, you know, you're just, you're lucky to be here. You're lucky to have your health, to not be in a bed dying. Yeah. Like, it's... Really, it's 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 fucking sucks that it takes like a tragedy for you to actually like appreciate stuff like that. But like, I mean, anybody who hasn't experienced anything like that is it's gonna go in one ear and out the other. Like, it's there's just yeah, it's just common sense. <laughs> We're talking about the music with uh, Ryan right now. So um, we're actually going to play one of your songs because that's how we do it here on East Coast City Podcast. And um, the song is Swept Away. What's the story behind it? This is by your band Pirate Jenny, right? Yeah, yeah. First, uh, I just want to say, like, um, although I first posted this song on Facebook, like, once upon a time, um, it's definitely not just my song like it was definitely a team effort doing this and like it wouldn't sound nearly as good as it did without everybody but uh the the lyrics and the the song like uh subject is, is still mine so um i mean it's it's not really a whole lot to it it's about cape breton um every like i didn't realize when i first started writing music that uh, everybody and their fucking dog wrote a song about Cape Breton or the place <laughs> that they came from. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I'm so original. I was like, but uh, but I didn't just say, like, you know, it's got, it's it's beautiful. Like, obviously, I did say it's beautiful, but, like, um, I talked about how shitty the economy is and, you know, um, all my friends that died there. Like, it's it's a beautiful song, but it's definitely got a dark twist to it. It was one of the first songs that I tried to write, and uh, I'm... By far, my favorite artist of all time is Neil Young. Like, I, I love, like, uh, good good lyricists. Like, I love Neil Young, Bob Dylan, like... And so, I guess the, the standard for lyrics have always been, like, fairly high for me because I'm, like, constantly comparing it to, like, Neil Young or Bob Dylan. And uh, so, yeah, that was... I guess the significance of this song, for sure, is that it was the, the first time that I realized, like, you know... Maybe I won't just be that guy who just picked up on it quickly. Like, you know, like you're you're good for how long you've been playing. Like mm-hmm. maybe people just like, you know, uh, 
think I'm a good songwriter in general. <laughs> no, that's, that's really awesome. And, and now we're going to play Swept Away by Pirate Jenny, lyrics written by Ryan, and we'll be right back.
the places I roam With the faces I love To the taverns I go Cause it's half of my heart And it's half of my soul And I hope to bring you home someday With those morning lights And those doorstep nights Never truly alone Just sometimes by yourself I was told by Adam Fancy, who is actually recording your your album that's that's coming out. Um, there's no date yet, but it will, we will have a date at some point very soon. He told me to ask you about what the three beer rule is. Oh, the three beer system. Oh, sorry, the three beer beer um, system. Yes. Well, as as we said uh, about earlier, um, it's a lot more comforting to uh, work with your bandmates and your friends than it is to uh, hire a session musician. So my my three beer system that uh, I first uh, performed on uh, Will Hansen, um, he actually he's playing slide guitar on my single actually. Um, he uh, so I I br- I always bring beer with me. So if you're ever looking to work with me, I every time I show up, I am bringing a case of Olds. So uh, if that tickles your fancy, then we're off to it, a great start. It tickles start. your fancy. Yeah, he's it, definitely a part of it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, fancy loves working with me. <laughs> um. So I the first beer is uh, you know to uh, develop like you know a, a friendship like you, you offer them a beer it's like okay like we're we're breaking the ice here it's an icebreaker and, uh, and then the second beer is um, to loosen up like it's whether you're playing on it or you're listening to someone play on it like it's it's stressful because like it's like I'm paying money for this and. Uh, the reason that he's doing it is because I'm not good enough to do it. So, like, how I don't feel comfortable telling somebody that is better than me that they're doing it wrong. So, like, how do I tell this fucking guitar god that, like, you're not doing it right? Mm-hmm. And then um, the third beer is, like, uh, the deciding beer, I call it. It's like, uh, you know, if he takes the beer, then it's like, okay, like, we're, we're buds now. We're going to hang. And if he doesn't take the beer, it's like, okay, he just wanted my money, and it's business, business as usual. Has that ever happened? Not yet. Not okay. yet. But I feel like I feel like even if they just if they didn't want to be my friend, like, they'd still take the beer. So it's not, not super accurate. But uh, I don't think they would because isn't, like, the third beer after they've recorded? Like, if they don't want to hang out, they're not going to hang out. That's what I mean. It's like, you know... It's like, do I stay after hours and enjoy another system. beer? Yeah. yeah. So, so if you get if you get all three beers in, then you know, like that should be a thing. Yeah, it's like a potential friendship here. Exactly. Like okay. I still talk to Will. I still uh, I still talk to Adam and Steph, and they're all my buds. Awesome. See? And and I I uh, I thank the beer three beer system for that. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you need to ask him about this. It's genius. It's an absolute genius <laughs> system. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll definitely ask Ryan about this. Um, so speaking of the album and recording, um, what can you tell us about your solo album? What what kind of music um, is on there, and what inspired it? Well, <clears throat> as I said earlier, um, I definitely feel like uh, I've I've matured as a songwriter, and. Uh, you know, it's it's less about getting fucked up and partying and more about actual events. And uh, the, the name of the single that I'm coming out with is uh, Deja Vu. Um, 
It's basically about uh, my first music festival. This is before I even played music. And it just blows my mind that, like, you know, like, we're especially, like, I come from Cape Breton, a similar area that Steph is from. And she'll tell you, too, like, you can't put 10 people in the same room without them beating the fucking shit out of each other. <laughs> and I'm seeing, like, all these different groups of people that I knew from, like, high school. And, like, everybody's just coexisting. And it's, like... It's like there's this magical force field that like is just making everybody get along. I don't I don't just mean the drugs. Uh I mean like <laughs> the the music too like mm-hmm. and it just blows my mind and I'm like this is like a fucking magical place. It's like literally felt like like I was going back to reality like afterwards. It was like super super cool. And uh I think that, like that was one of the first times I was like I want to be a part of one of these someday. And um I'm actually thinking about doing like uh rather than doing a full album doing two separate EPs because um as we discussed we are ADHD as fuck <laughs> and uh I'm all over the place with like genres and like just some of them just like even Adam said like he's like dude he's like we can't put these on the same thing <laughs> like it's just it's too eclectic it's, it's yeah and uh so and I feel like I can separate them into two categories so um do you know what the categories are? Um, one of them is like uh, more, definitely more of a full band thing. Like it wouldn't, you definitely wouldn't get the full effect without a full band. Although I'm going to have a full band for both of them. Um, uh, the other one, the one that Deja Vu isn't on, um, I would definitely have an easier time doing like a solo acoustic set of. Like I could just have my little harmonica rack and just do my own thing and it would be like intimate. Where uh, the other half, I. I have a hard time, like, uh, putting off the energy that, like, the recording, that the studio recording is giving off. You're actually going to sing a a live song uh, for us. Um, And so I'm curious to know, like, what what song is it? Um, It's called Harry at the Road. Um, Harry at the Road is the, the road that my grandmother and uh my father used to live on my aunt and uncle that lived there and it was like it was always the place that like uh the Rido family like gathered and uh my my grandmother has passed away and my grandfather but uh they were like nobody would fuck around like it was like you know like when my grandmother was around it was like you know we all behaved ourselves and it was she was like the she just tied everybody together and uh she was the glue. She was the glue. And uh now I mean I we still go down there and it's it's still it, it'll never be the same without without them but without my grandmother but uh it's still it's still got like a really special place in my heart and uh my my grandfather he did the the probably the two fucking hardest things you could do back then uh he worked in a coal mine and he fought in World War 2. <laughs> and he raised seven kids but uh no it was and I, I never, I, I have a very, very faint memory of him. I don't even know if it's real, but um, I can't really show everybody. But uh, he'd have his hands behind his back, like the kind of like the way that you'd have your hands when you're standing at ease. And he would walk down down the road, and apparently I would follow him down the road when I was like two or three years old. I think I was like two, and uh, with my hands behind my back the same way. And, uh, and then <clears throat> last uh, Remembrance Day, uh, I started picking picking everybody's brain about it, like my aunt and my dad and stuff, and uh, I feel like I've gathered enough information about him to write a song. It's uh, 
I tried to do the best I could to like paint paint a picture so that you know like my family and stuff can enjoy it. But I don't know. I, I guess I didn't I didn't think it was gonna be one of my uh, more popular songs, but it seemed to be everybody's favorite song that I played at the song circle. So that's why I decided to play it tonight. Live on the East Coast City podcast, Ryan Rideout. The song's called uh, Harry at the Road. He was born on the other side of that Pinaconi tide. Had a mama who was dead and gone And a dad that he didn't know Grew up with a different name With his new family he remained As he walked the river black Both hands folded loosely at his back
Well, it may have been a dream. I was barely two years old, with my hands behind my back on Harry Etherall. Um. Okay. So, so tell me. Um. Do you do you have any music available anywhere that we that we can stream it? Uh. Or buy it or download anything yet? Nothing solo yet. But okay. um. But if you want to hear the songs that I wrote with uh, my wonderful friends, uh, it's called Pirate Jenny. Amazing. And and can we find that on Spotify? You can find it on all streaming things. Is the singer-songwriter circle going to go on all, all summer at Foggy Goggle? Uh, I, I definitely have another one that I'm that I have that I want to plan, but uh, it's, and it's open the, mic is still every Thursday. Open mic is still every Thursday. Yes. Ryan, thank you so much for being on East Coast City Podcast. I really appreciate you guys having me. Uh, shout out to Jason. Yeah, always a shout out to Jason. He keeps us organized. <laughs> Big thank you to Ryan for being today's guest and to you guys, because without your support, this podcast would be nothing. Also, if you like what you hear, you can subscribe, like, and review the podcast. We've got two episodes to go until our season one finale, so stay tuned for that.